www.probateexpert.com. And this is Welcome to Probate Weekly, where we every week get together with investors, wholesalers, real estate agents, executors, petitioners, attorneys, and talk about how to generate more business uh, and get more wealth and income out of probate real estate. Um, I teach a class regularly 11 ways to make money in real estate. There are 11. Most companies that sell data coaching really teach one or at most two. But there's actually nine other ways. And we're going to talk today about number 10 of the 11, which is actually the easiest to generate a deal like that. If you're working, if, you're, if you need to get a deal in the next 30, 60 days, this is a tool that I work on. So we're going to get to there in just a minute. Um, and I want to also make sure you guys know that if you're watching this on uh, YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, that we uh, check the messages there regularly. And if you're there live and uh, watching on YouTube or Facebook and put a comment in the chat box, we'll see the chat and I'll do my best to respond to those. If you're on the Zoom directly, uh, feel free to type the chat box questions or the goal here is to be interactive. Feel free anytime to unmute yourself and raise your hand or ask a question and jump right in. I want this to be uh, educational. I want it to be interactive and supporting both of us. So feel free to make it as productive as you can. And I just start off by saying that real estate, whether you're an investor, wholesaler, agent, is a contact sport. The more people you talk to, the more money you make, the more wealth you have. And the more you give to other people. And, and also, so if you have a question, no, somebody else has that same question here. And by you asking that, you're just helping the participation increase and the learning increase. So feel free to jump in at any time, chat box, verbally, raise your hand, or if you're watching live on one of our um, uh, social media streams, feel free to ask questions there, okay? Any questions on ground rules before we get started? If not, let's get into this. Number 10, I'm gonna share my screen as I present this, um, is, and this is really, this is the one way to get business. When I tell real estate agents, they kind of poo-poo. Literally today, I was coaching an agent who said she had to get one deal as fast as possible. She, um, for whatever reasons, uh, didn't have to borrow money. Should she get a side gig, a side job? How can she make money quickly? And said, this is it. This is it. And I think sometimes we poo-poo the, the way that's simple, but not easy. Simple, meaning there's not a lot to describe it. it. makes sense. It's not easy. It's the real work. So number 10, we're going to talk about COI referrals or center of influence referrals or sphere of influence referrals. Now, like everything I teach in probate, it's not a quick fix. You got to do the hard work. You have to be consistent at it. Though this is something you could jump in right away, knock out in 30 days. You've got to follow up. We say in real estate that the, we lead generate for show and we follow up for dough. Customers choose you to either represent them to sell the house or work with you to buy a house or as an investor will work with you because they believe you're going to follow up on what you say you're going to do. You've got to follow up on the leads in the marketing. That's your addition time to show them what you're able to do. And then you have to learn and improve all the time. Nothing anybody ever teaches is the final say in how to do business in anything. You've really got to learn and improve your, get your game all the time. That's why when I say I'm the late probate expert, I don't mean to say I achieved a certain status and I'm done learning. The opposite. I'm still interviewing attorneys, still reading books, watching YouTube videos. Last week, how to do probate in Arkansas. I was a guest on the Arkansas call. Arkansas call. So it's about learning and improving your game all the time, wherever it is you're doing business. So who am I? I'm a real estate broker, been in real estate since 1986. 
I've done been in the mortgage and real estate business. I've been in sales, management, an executive and an owner in businesses. About two and a half, almost three years ago, I started to move into um, probate real estate full-time for my lead generation. And so we'll say since March of 2019, that's in my 100% focus on generating new business. I've taken a bunch of certifications. I don't think any of them in and of itself is good enough. Uh, I think I've taken five I can identify. Highly recommend alltheleads.com. I recommend uh, Probate Money with Paul Horn. And there's three or four others you might take. Mike Torres is good as well. But it's about constantly learning and improving your game. I've done in-depth research. I've been to the court. I believe I've seen more court sales in LA County than any judge, attorney, or agent in the last two and a half years. So that's the, uh, uh, the, my background. The fundamentals before we start are mindset before money. You want to change your life, you got to start with the six inches between your ears or however long that distance is. So your mindset's critical. The shortcut of real estate is the hard work. And I refer you to the Zig Ziglar water pump story. If you don't know that story, uh, go see that YouTube. There's only two things to generate business, time and or money. So if you're not investing money to generate business, the alternative is your time, sweat equity, effort, phone calling, door knocking, driving for dollars, but being in front of people. Real estate is a contact sport and it's a numbers game. People talk to most people, win the game in the long run. You come from, if you come from being a service, you'll win rather than just trying to find a deal. So those are the fundamentals. What's a, what's a probate lead look like? Before I show you how to get some, let's make sure we're clear what they look like. Grandma or grandpa left me the property. What do I do with that? My siblings and I are fighting over property. The property is supposed to be in trust, but it's not. Or we started probate and got stuck. All these are great leads, great leads. Because grandma left me the property, the solution is to help somebody through probate, help the prospect through probate. If the siblings are fighting, the answer is find a good attorney to help one or the other get a good litigation probate attorney. It was supposed to be in a trust. There's ways you can fix it in California. We call it a Hegstad Trust. There's ways you can fix that problem. And if you, if you started probate but got stuck, we can help them solve the problem. That's where I come in. I have a service I work with. We try to untangle people and help them get to the finish line so they can get the property sold and the money distributed. So you can learn all these scenarios or you can call me if you have a problem and feel free to call me, text me, email me. Uh, I, I, uh, I answer questions all day long from agents, investors, wholesalers, petitioners, executors, administrators, and attorneys. I actually have attorneys I help uh, on how to more effectively sell the property. So. I teach there's 11 ways to get a sale in real estate. Today, we're going to talk about number 10, which is COI, Center of Influence Referrals. Let me just make sure I got the chat box here. I got somebody in the chat box. Uh, oh, first question, can I put the five certifications mentioned in chat? Well, I don't have all five uh, in type. I'll just tell you quickly, alltheleads.com. Maybe, Jess, maybe you could put it down. Alltheleads.com, I'd say is number one. Um, Mike Torres, MTI Probate. I don't know the name of this company, is another one. Oh, the second best one would be Paul Horns. If you're a realtor in CAR, California Association of Realtors, that's the approved certification program. ProbateMoney.com is Paul Horns' data source. He has some sales training, which the sales training isn't good. The probate data is very good. The service is very good. And I'd recommend first all the leads and then second, Probate Money has the link for the CAR class, okay? 
Great, glad I caught that. We're up to date on chat box. Let's continue. So number one's clients. Now this one's kind of obvious to me. And it when people say, well, I want to get into probate. And if you're an agent or investor host are already doing business, the easiest way to get the next probate deal is do something in probate, take a class, get certified, sell a probate, buy a probate, go to court, something, and tell everybody you know that you're involved in the probate business. People love hearing, people who know you, like you, trust you, love hearing about you doing new stuff. Again, I'm not talking about people who don't like you, forget them. So realtors, we have a database we want to call our, our COI or SOI. That would include all past clients, that would include all past prospects, that would include everybody we know, everybody who meets what I call the big five. Actually, it comes from bigjoel.com, Joel Epstein. They know, you know them, they know you. Um, they like you. If you call them, they'd return your phone call. If you bumped into them, they'd be pleasant. That's everybody you know that falls in that category is in your, should be in your COI. Now, we have to find a way to communicate with a lot of people. You can call them one by one, great. You can email them all, also very great. I think minimal standard in real estate now is to email everybody you know every week something about real estate. You can post that on your social media instead of pictures of chocolate chip cookies that drive me crazy or half, half uh, clothed people or something else. And there's nothing wrong with having, uh, rather than that you sold a house, provide some value about probate. Learn something about how probate works and share that with your database and your social media so you're giving value. You know, it, I laugh when I see realtors say, well, I'm embarrassed to say I got a great review from my customer. You're not embarrassed. You did it on purpose. That gives nothing to the viewer. Why not learn something in a probate class and share it, your understanding of it? You don't have to know everything about probate. If you know one thing, you know more than everybody else in your database, share that with them once a week. Put that in Facebook or LinkedIn or make a video of it in Facebook or YouTube. So number one is your COI. This is the most underutilized, free, most profitable, best source of business for realtors and investors and wholesalers by far. It's not exciting, it's not sexy. You can sell a book which says, learn about probate and every day when you learn something, share it with everybody you know. You can't make money selling that, but that's what generates business. I'll share with you guys. My biggest client in the last two years, I knew her socially, her mother and I were friends. We invited her, uh, we met her mother and her at a, a friend's lunch. And then a few years later, maybe 10 years later, we, my wife and I went to dinner at a friend's house, saw her again, nice lady. I'm in court one day, bumps into me. Hey, how you doing? What do you do? I'm in probate real estate. What do you do? Well, it turns out I have a legal situation. I won't give out the details. And I went on and sold about 20 properties for her and her family because I knew her, because I told her what I did. I had, had, she knew I was in real estate, but didn't know why I was at court. Tell everybody about real estate, and more importantly, tell them all about something that you learned about probate. Now, I'm curious, on this call right now, you guys wanna be silent, fine, you're scared. You guys wanna have your cameras off because you're shy, okay. 
but let's do some business. Who here on this call cannot email everybody you know and tell them something about probate once you've learned it? You can watch a video or take a class. Who can't do that? Say me. On the flip side, who thinks if you're a realtor, you either took a certification class. Hey. Okay, there's one person who can't get a deal. Okay, sorry to hear that. I'm going to say that you're wrong. Because I'm going to say everybody on this call, if you all did something to learn about the business of probate, whatever that means to you, if you're a realtor, it's an easy one. Read the probate forms in zip forms. Just read one form. Read a few paragraphs and share what you learned. If you're an investor wholesaler, watch my YouTube channel on other ways to generate business or how probate works in court, for example, and share that or look at that. Uh, Nan says she's already certified. Great, Nan, just share one or two things you learned with your sphere every day, every week, three times a week. Call them all, email them all. Everybody could do this, and I assure you, we all know but at least 100 people, and if you email all of them something once a week on real estate, and call them all every 90 days, and occasionally blend in something about real estate, here's something you could share. When avoid probate, get a living trust. What's a living trust? It's like a box you put your assets in, so when, God forbid, you die or incapacitated, your assets don't be unattended, you write out instructions called a living trust that tells your heirs exactly what to do, and you avoid probate court most of the time. There's some free something you can tell everybody you know, encourage them to investigate living trusts. Okay, I get it. Joanne, purchase the California Probate Codebook. I'm glad to hear it. I, I wish everybody did it. I know it's expensive, it's 90 bucks or something, but invaluable. But Joanne, I want you to call your past clients and just pick something out of the book that you read and share it. Nan, pick something you learned and share it. Call all your past clients, email all your past clients. Let's get a deal. Number two, vendors. If you're in real estate, you know vendors, escrow, title, lender, hard money lender, uh, roofing guy, plumbing guy, carpet guy, gal, whatever. Make sure that they all know that you know something about probate, that you're focusing on probate, you're looking to generate business in probate. How about that, Joanne? I called a few and that person said she was getting a trust done. Her home is in her name. Joanne, perfect, did you ask her? That's exciting. Who are you using for your trust? Because I'd love to refer other clients to a good trust source. And they'll say, yeah, it's this attorney. Then you call the attorney, say, hey, do you mind? My good friend so-and-so is getting a trust with you. I have other clients I need to talk to you about this. Can I refer them to you? The key phrase I teach a class on this is really, are you still writing living trusts? Because that shows them you know what their business is all about. Okay, is a probate specialist. Great, need to make sure everybody you know, I mean, I appreciate knowing you're a probate specialist, but make sure everybody else you know in your world knows you're a probate specialist. Not bragging, I'm a probate specialist, nobody cares. Share with them information you learned of value to them. Yes, Tasha, you're right. I actually quoted Tawny English, my good friend, who said that when you go to probate, it's like you are filing a lawsuit, a civil lawsuit against yourself. Yeah, and you're paying for all the attorney's fees and all the fees come out of your, out of your savings and then the rest go to your heirs. Terrible, yes. Thank you, Tasha. 
So vendors, everybody you know, who's your escrow officer, title officer, make sure they know. Teach them something about probate. Make sure they know you're focused in that business. Are they going to want to help you? Yes or no? Gosh, you guys are quiet today. I'm feeling lonely, guys. I'm feeling lonely. Yes. I'd say yes, thank you. I got a yes from somebody. Thank you. Is that it? I got one yes? Yes. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Well, there we go. Good. Okay, good. Okay, so vendors is another option. Let me get back to the screen here. Next, realtors. If you're a wholesaler, ask realtors about probate. Work with them for probate. Have them draw a list for you. One of the great things investors, wholesalers do that I work with, I find the area they like, kind of properties they like. I create a search of probate properties that meet that. Send it to them and me. Very narrow search. No other realtor is doing that. If you're a realtor, you also can pull all the probate sales in your market area. Now, when I say market area, I mean narrow market area, the area that you really know well. But every time a probate pops up in that area where you're an expert, go see that property. <clears throat> Be an expert in your area of probates, the city that you're in. Number four, investor wholesaler. As a realtor, you want to meet investors wholesaler because by definition, investors buying and selling property, that's what we do. I've seen so many professional investors say they work with realtors 80% of the time. <clears throat> when I ask great investors where they find their property and really break it down with them, they will admit 80% of the properties that they find are on the MLS. Now, sometimes they have a way to get it. <clears throat> sometimes they have a particular system that they're finding, or maybe they don't want to work with you on the properties they find on their own. But it doesn't mean that you can't find the properties before them and bring them to them. I just did that. I literally just did that. I'm waiting for the contract to be signed for a $1.1 million property. I had to search for a client. He gave me a narrow search range. Up popped a property. Ooh, I know that listing agent. Called listing agent, found out about the showings, found out about the offer status. Got my offer in. Verbally, we're accepted. I'm waiting for that, that signature, but that's all I did. I do that. What I'm telling you guys to do, I do every day. And when people say, well, how, where's your business come from? Well, one comes from this, one comes from that, one comes from this. I do 11 things. I get a couple from each. In the course of a year, I got two or three from each. I'm going to close 30-something deals in 12 months. I've closed 30-something deals in the last 12 months. As simple as that. Join my, my office is a probate listing. I would offer a host open house and have information about probates. I wonder how many people will tour, not a, a trust or nothing about... Um, you know, why not? But I think if you're there and you get a sheet from maybe your title rep on what's a probate, and then does this one need court confirmation, yes or no, and you have the information right there for them, what does that mean? Any name, here's the thing you guys have to understand. You hold an open house, a neighbor walks in, doesn't care about probate, but they see that you're prepared to sell that house with unique information about probate to help sell that house. What do they think about you as a listing agent, Joanne? That I'm very knowledgeable about the probate, although it's not my listing, but... Um... You know what? I think I'll give it a try. If it's, uh, but but it does have it, it it is a full authority. 
so it doesn't require mm -hmm. court confirmation. I that but I what, do know. But what might you do is pull out a cop a sample of the purchase, a probate purchase agreement. I have that. You might highlight a few. There's a few paragraphs that are different. Yeah. And that way, when a when a buyer walks in, you know, this is a probate sale. Oh my gosh, what's that mean? Well, let me show you. And you'll say this property I happen to know is full authority. Court confirmation may not be required. Here's the paragraph, what that means. Here's what they have to do as far as notice of proposed action, right? You're joining right. on the spot. Would a buyer want to work with an agent that knows that kind of information? Yes. Yeah. Be that be that agent. Okay. So that's open houses. Joanne, I want to hear I want to hear you sold a house or got a listing because of open house, okay? I'll go ahead and and I'll, and I'll give the agent a call and see if it's still available. Great, good, good, good. Okay, investors wholesalers. So if you're a real estate agent, you need to meet investor wholesalers. Obviously, if you're an investor wholesaler, you would meet other investors and wholesalers. That one's pretty obvious. You guys know that one. Number five, estate sales. So, <clears throat> what's happening at an estate sale? Generally, the person's not around anymore. Might be a probate. Might be a trust sale with full authority. They don't need, or, or trust sale or probate with full authority. They may not need an agent. Might not be special, but they're getting ready to sell the house. You should pop on by and find out what the story is. Now, I also think if you're going to estate sale, at least show some interest in the estate. I mean, don't pretend like you're interested in buying something. Find something that you find interesting. Usually stuff is so freaking cheap. Buy some DVDs or buy some books or buy some something while you're there for a couple bucks. But if you meet the owners, there's no agent involved, right? So state sales are a great source for potential business. Those are basically signs saying we're moving. Garage sales can be, oftentimes are, sometimes are just financial trouble. But worth checking into, garage sales are more typically tenants but worth, worth stopping in, again, in your area, in the local city that you work, not all of LA, but if you work Culver City or something. So estate sales are a great source for business uh, and, and leads and such. Paralegals. How many of you know paralegals? People who work in law offices but aren't attorneys. Here's a clue. Who do you think does the paperwork in the office? The attorney or the paralegal, right? So if you happen to know somebody who's not an attorney, but they work in law, ask them, hey, I'm working probate. Do you ever come across any probates? Do you work trust sales? Tell me about your job. Tell me about what you do. I'm interested. I'm curious. Get them talking. Paralegals are a great source of business. I used to go to probate court. I'll tell you a trick. I go to probate court and find people who are self-serving using paralegals. Not only did I approach the estate, but I'd find out the paralegal because the name was in the paperwork. I'd call the paralegal and say, hey, I can help you. I'll take your clients and meet them at court and make them feel comfortable in the courtroom. I won't charge you for it. I just want to pitch them my service to sell their house. They loved it. Loved it. How do, again, how do I do 30 years of probate? I did one off of this last year. Right? This, you see a paralegal. Anybody you talk to, you should be talking to about real estate and particularly probate if you're looking to build that business. Other probate vendors. 
So in probate, if ever you have a probate sales or realtor, you have one or an investor, there's a few other parties there. One is the probate bond company. The person who manages the estate, the petitioner who becomes the administrator or executor, needs to get a bond, an insurance policy, to ensure the court that they're not going to either steal money or accidentally uh, distribute money in the wrong order because taxes get paid first, creditors next, and then the heirs. I think then legal fees, then the heirs. So <clears throat> the bond company is on every single probate case. So if you happen to know a bond company, ask them, do they do um, fiduciaries or do they do um, executors or administrators of probate estates? Or if you have a probate case, find out who the bond was, call the bond company. So I'm just curious about your bond. How do you get the business? You know, do you have a realtor you work with you refer to when people have questions? I'd like to apply for that job. So other probate vendors are another good source. If you happen to know a probate referee, you happen to know, there's all kinds of people that you might know in your database. But you also can search out those people when you have a case, when you have a file. Make sure you meet that person. Make the extra effort to call the probate referee. Thank them for their good service. Ask them some questions. Add them into your database. Okay, I'll tell you another one I did was, I represent an investor. We bought a property in probate court. The listing agent um, was, rep uh, was representing the county of Los Angeles. And some of you died and owed taxes. So the attorney for the, I'm sorry, the realtor was representing the county. And the guy who shows up is the county, a county attorney. An attorney who works for LA County. Now he cannot give listings to anybody because they have a contract with the county, this particular company, and they discount their commissions. But he's a knowledgeable guy. Nobody treats him with respect. I did because why? Everybody in his world asks him questions about real estate. So I want him to be my best friend. Did I get a deal off it? I got a lead, did close it, but I got a lead. Again, how do you do 30 deals in probate? Man, I talk to other probate vendors. So anytime you have a chance to go to court for a sale or a purchase, make sure you go. Try to meet everybody there who touches that business. Let them know that you're building a probate business, that you're certified, you're studying it, that you're learning it, that you want to help, and find out how you can help them with their business. So that's basically the wrap-up. And we'll just go real quick. I identified 11 ways to get a sale on probate, and we're covering number 10, which is referrals from your COI. Gary has to change his, move his car. Okay, Gary, I feel your pain on that one. Um, number one, your clients. Learn something about probate of value to your clients and share it with all of them. Avoid probate with a living trust is a classic. Find a living trust attorney to refer them to. Number two, vendors. Your mortgage guy, your title guy, your escrow guy or gal. Home warranty people. Uh, all those vendors that do business with us. Roofing person, uh, flooring, um, cleaning company, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I always write reviews on those websites, take pictures with the guys, because I want them to refer me business next time. Realtors, if you're not working with, if you're not a realtor, talk to realtors about probate business. If you're a realtor, talk to other realtors about probate. Learn it, study it, get referrals to other agents outside the area of a probate in your area. If you have company websites, I'm at EXP, I'm in the probate group. I get referrals from other agents around the country because they know me as a probate expert. 
Do that in your Facebook group. Do that in your company group if you're not with EXP. Investors, wholesalers, make sure you inter interact with investors and wholesalers. They're buying and selling property regularly. Estate sales, go buy any in your area. I know they're a lot less now because of COVID. I know they're mostly online, but I've been to two. They still go on, but some less, more in high-income areas. Definitely a great source of business. They'll come back after COVID. Paralegals, anybody who's in the legal business besides an attorney, of course, attorneys. But that's an obvious one. I talk about that in another class. But paralegals are a great source of business. They're the ones who do all the work. They'll let you know if their firm really does um, legal work or not in probate or trusts. And then other probate vendors, bond companies, probate referee, um, anybody who touches that business you want to be involved with. Okay, so you guys are kind of quiet today. Um, I uh, did a lot of the talking. The goal is to be interactive and to teach so you guys can, can actually get into business. Oh, let me see real quick. Got a couple of questions. Um, Rochelle, studying for the sales exam. Uh, yes, Rochelle, love to talk to you anytime. Feel free to reach out. Call me, text me, email me. Um, Bill at the LA probate expert.com. And uh, let's, let's talk. Um, Jim Mikowski, what do you think of companies that offer loans to people who stand in here probate property? Are these companies sharks or legitimate value? This is a great question. Uh, in fact, um, Jim, I don't know if you've got it before, but you're going to get, unless you did it before, you're going to get the um, question of the day probate weekly coffee cup. <clears throat> there are some people who want to float money until the state is bought to final settlement. Okay, so Jim asked a question. What happens when Somebody inherits property, they have, let's say, no other assets. Let's imagine they're impoverished. Their grandparents died, their parents died, they live in a house, it's just them. They, they live in the house for free, they never had a job, they have no skills, they're living on welfare or they're drug dealing, who knows what they're doing, driving Lyft, whatever. Can't afford the house, can't afford to clean it up, can't afford to fix it up, can't afford to pay taxes or the mortgage. What can they do? What are their options? So. Obviously, people can uh, uh, lend money on property. The problem is who controls the property. Until there's a probate, uh, letters issued of authority saying somebody's in charge, nobody can secure the property for a loan. So there's a problem. Second, lenders normally won't, normal lenders won't lend on a property even when they have authority because their plans to sell it and lenders want property Loans will be in the books for 30 years, ideally. So there are hard money lenders that lend to estates and trusts. There's a particular type of lender called inheritance in advance. There's companies that will say, oh, you're going to inherit $400,000. Okay. Well, and you only need $20,000 now. I'll give you $20,000 now. We'll secure it with your inheritance. When you pay me back, though, you pay me back thirty dollars or $40,000. It's steep. It's like a payday loan. Now, it's steep because there's no guarantee they're getting paid back. Maybe it turns out the person's not really the, the uh, heir. Maybe out of nowhere, somebody else contests that and starts fighting with them about it. Maybe they decide not to sell the house and not cooperate. So it's a risky loan. And I would say that for some people, and to answer your point, Jim, some companies are sharks. 
Others, I've used it to help people get attorneys. Like they're going to lose their interest in the house. They have no money to hire an attorney. No attorney would take it on contingency because it's already in probate. So the other person's an objector or litigator. Very hard to get people advance money in those cases, unless there's a lot of money involved. But I got her $10,000 and, and she got turned down at one company, would it take her to three? Third company financed her. As a result, I got a chance to list the property at the end. But she got money to get an attorney to make sure her interests are being protected. So to answer your question, you might think it's like any tool. Uh, there's good and bad. And just be good. Just be the good one. Explain what the costs are. Make sure they understand it's expensive money. And, um, and just make sure you're the good one. In fact, it was in the, in the section of the Bible we read last week. Uh, Behold, a place for you, good and a bad uh, uh, life and death. Choose life. Everything is good or bad. Every single thing is good or bad. That's how you use it. Borrowing money can be good or it can be bad. So I would say, Jim, it's about how you propose to your client and how you how the price and what the circumstances are. If you can advance a client $10,000, $20,000, they can keep the taxes current, avoid penalties, make the mortgage payment, avoid foreclosure, get an attorney to protect their interests, and maybe get $5,000 out of their $400,000 inheritance to start living a more normal life. That could be a great kindness to help the person through the process. If every guys know somebody who needs money, that they're an heir to a property and they're, they're having trouble getting it, feel free to call me. I, I have my own company that does that now. I, I referred to other companies and they got turned down and strung out and they just didn't give the service that we needed. So if I can help with that, let me know. But great, I hope that's your question, Jim. Um, tell us about your course. Oh, well, man, my course is on YouTube. Go to uh, probateweeklyepisodes.com. That's my YouTube channel. And I, the, main, the main class I teach is 11 ways to generate sales in probate. I also do 11 ways to make money in probate. And then I've done one class in each of those 11. And that's free for today. Someday I'll do it more pretty and nicer and uh, um, charge for it. But for today, it's free. Nina says, the last resort, the PR error has the need. Yes, uh, advancing money can be the last resort if they need the money to get something, whether it be save the house or get an attorney or something like that. Okay, so any other, hey, Annabelle, how are you doing? Well, hello, Bill. Welcome back. VIP Annabelle Pacheco, who's how our- How are you? Uh, I'm great. Nice Good. to see you. I, I owe you a phone call. I owe you a thank you also. My pleasure. It was fun. Annabelle is a superstar real estate agent in the city of Walnut, and she is a specialist in multifamily investments. And she, if you ever watch her talk, she'll tell you how she bought and I think sold or getting ready to sell multifamily property, made over a million dollars in her first one. And no magic. Um, Annabelle is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. No, just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a hard worker. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see here. Um, post your class. I don't know what that means. Uh, from Alton. Um, so Christopher says, you've seen pro, uh, pro cases where investors take assignment of heirs rights for an upfront payment of five ten thousand dollars and 50% of whatever they inherit. That sounds like a lot. I've never seen that. Have you seen investors become more aggressive in their offers like this? No. The opposite. I've seen more and more inheritance companies and the deals typically look like five or 10 or $20,000 and then the payback is 
50% more or 100% more, but then they get a, a discount at the half if they get paid back in six months, something like that. I've seen more inheritance because because everything's online now, more customers are choosing online attorneys. Uh, they're also online and they're getting approached by these inheritance companies, I would say more than ever. And more legitimate. Annabelle had a great session on Monday. Well, uh, yes, Annabelle has a great session on Monday. She has Wednesday, she does her uh, multifamily class. Post a site of the class you teach. So I don't really teach a class, to be honest. I'm not a coach, I'm not selling anything. But if you just go to Probate Weekly episodes.com that's my pro that's my uh, YouTube channel <clears throat> for probate weekly and you can see past episodes there and, and that will include the 11 ways to sell in each of the 11 individual classes someday I'll charge people I don't know 600 bucks a month 800 bucks a month for that but for now it's free it has been for about a year somebody's hands up Dave Gwynn hands up how can I help you hey Bill Thank you, sir. Great, great episode today. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I had a question uh, you had mentioned, I think, in a previous episode, maybe last week even, um, about kind of uh, maybe a boilerplate type of uh, trust that you uh, kind of recommend to just kind of get one in place quickly and then maybe get a, a, a greater version of a trust down the road when it's more appropriate. Mm -hmm. You have a or something like that? Yeah, I do. And I've actually interviewed him. If you go to, again, my uh, YouTube channel is uh, Bill Gross EXP. If you go to the YouTube channel, you'll see I introduced Byron Batres, who's the owner of easy-probate.com. And on easy-probate-hyphen.com, um, they have a section for estate planning. Well, it kind of guides you through it. It's the same kind of concept. And if you think about uh, estate planning is how to avoid probate. So they would know all about, uh, you know, people's mistakes and how to avoid them. So that's uh, easy-probate.com slash estate hyphen planning. And I used it, that, that exact same system. I filled it out and got one created and then took that to the attorney. He goes, oh, my God, it's terrible. We have to redo it. Meanwhile, we still haven't done a, the updated one because it just takes a lot of work. But everything's titled in the trust, everything's moved in the trust. So really important, um, easy-probate.com, and then they have slash estate-planning. Great, great, thank you. Sure. Um, and let's see. Um, link to Annabelle's, thank you, Jess, for linking Annabelle. A little free pitch for Annabelle, because we like Annabelle. Um, are there services other than probate attorneys such as LDA you can recommend to prepare a living trust? Well, again, so the one that I mentioned there was easy-probate.com. There is another company that does probate a living, what is it, living? I checked them out as well. Um, trust, well probate. There was another service that I, I checked out. You know, the name is a company, I didn't use them. <clears throat> they don't do probate, they only do living trusts. But I've never used them. I don't know them. Easy probate. I know the founder uh, personally, and, and I've worked with them on probates. They do a great job. Uh, I imagine LegalZoom. Uh, and I imagine if you have one of those uh, prepaid legal programs, they also offer that service as well. I can't recommend them. I've never used them. But I imagine they do. Okay, good.
Um, who has a question, challenge, or problem we can work on today? We've got a few minutes left. Who's got a question or a challenge or problem? Anybody? Yes, Bill. How are you doing? William Holmes in the house. What's up? How are you doing? Great. I was I was defending Aunt Annabelle, but I don't have to now. Um, one question. In finding out someone that's in a legacy of a trust, a legacy trust, is that public knowledge or, I mean, research or how will one find out? Yeah, good question. You get asked this a lot. Um, people find out the property is held in the trust. How do they find out, um, number one, who controls the trust? Number two, who are the heirs of the, of the property? And really, the person who normally calls me is a family member. Uh, and they'll say, you know, uh, how do I find out if I inherited the property? And I'd say, well, if they haven't told you inherited the property by now, you probably haven't inherited the property. Because one of the things that the, um, the trustee will do is tell the heirs about um, the upcoming status of the disposition of property. Uh, and it's not public record. Now, I will say that sometimes probate cases get litigated, and then certain documents do get posted uh, online or, or public. The court does make them harder to get but certain things are public. So I will say that if there's a living trust where there's litigation involved, or somebody can always file a lawsuit and then try to uncover the information they want, but that's obviously expensive. So to answer your question, as a general rule, the identity of the heirs and the, the administrator of a trust is generally not public knowledge. Thank you. One other trick though, one other trick I've used is once the trust has transferred property, <clears throat> look and see who signed for the trust. Now, a smart trust will have somebody else sign like an attorney for the trust on the real estate document to hide the identity of the trustee. Sometimes the attorney is the trustee. Sometimes they're not and the person's using them. Sometimes the person who signed the document is mom, dad, or sister, or brother, and, and, and they're signing the document and it says right there who there was. So they, if they refinance the property or they sell the property, it, it will tell you who it is at that time. Yeah, in this particular case, I know who was the administrator, but I wanted to know who was included in, you know, the family in, in it. Okay, the heirs. Yeah. So the administrator would have the document with that in it, and other than them, they don't have to give a copy to anybody. Well, I get that's the, that's the problem. They don't want to reveal. That's why I was trying to figure out which way to go around without litigation. Okay. Well, and, and here's the thing. If they have the document saying they are the administrator, then they're the administrator and they don't have to show. Now, if somebody says, well, mom told me and there's two witnesses or mom wrote out a will saying I get the house, then there are people who litigate that. Then they'll force perhaps, depends, <clears throat> that might force disclosure of certain information. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, okay, documentpeople.net. Okay, there's another one. They do estate planning. Well, I have a question. Uh huh. Uh, do you always have to give out a notice of a proposed action when you sell the property? Great question. So, what, that was Daniel who asked that, right? Yes. Okay, I have to remember though, but somebody else got the question of the day. I have to make sure you can send them a coffee cup. Um, who was that? Jess, can you send me a text and just tell me who that person was that did the question of the day? Oh, Jim Rakowski, if he hasn't read it before. Um, unless somebody's better than that, I was going. So Daniel, your question is, 
on this. Um, you I always need a, a notice proposed action. So, right. generally, classified probates is either full authority or limited authority. Limited authority, by definition, means the court has to approve things. You don't have to notice proposed action because the court's going to approve every step. Full authority means generally you can do what you want. However, <clears throat> you might have to file with the court <clears throat> or with parties important steps like selling property. Mm -hmm. So question is, do you need to file a notice of proposed action? The answer is, depends. Depends what you're trying to do. It's a legal question. Consult an attorney. Sometimes I've had attorneys say to me, well, we don't need to because the only heir is the uh, administrator or the executor. Yeah. And he's the only heir and he's selling the property. He's happy with it. But the title company may or may not insure title. So if they're selling it retail or trying to get a mortgage on the property, even though legally you might not need it, you might need it from a business point of view. For the title, oh, okay. For the title insurance to be issued might require. So good question to ask the title rep before you get too far down the road. And what happens is, so you say, well, what's the big deal about that? So let me give you a scenario. Brother says he's the only heir, goes to the probate, has full authority, ready to sell the house. Oh no, you need to do a, a notice proposed action You've got to file it with a court case. Out of the blue comes another brother. Hey, I'm the other brother in the deal, and you didn't include me in at all. You didn't notice me. I've seen this happen. You see me notices. You're trying to cut me out. Tile companies go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not insuring that. You're basically going back to round zero to get that property sold. So that happens. People will lie and try to steal from somebody, or there's another sibling they don't know about or half-sibling, or other heir. And what so, happens if you close it before they get notified? Well, if you close and have title insurance, yeah. the buyer yeah. has clear title. Okay. The, the person who got maybe cheated or, or, or lost the money might have a case against the administrator. So if there's more money left in the state, they can get paid that way. If not, that's where the bond comes into play. Okay. They'll say, hey, you owe me $200,000, Guy has a two hundred thousand dollar bond, and follows a charge of the bond company, and they pay him the money. So the best thing is just to file it, just to be secure yourself and secure the claim. Well, yes and no. If I had a case where we had a bad guy who um, tried to probate his ex-wife. He divorced her, nasty divorce, terrible divorce. He filed a probate, saying, "I'm the wife. I'm the husband." And I'm entitled to probate the property. And the family had to stop him and file a lawsuit to force him. He owned half the property. They had they had community pro or they had uh, tenants in common. He had half the property he did own, and he had the other other half that was in her name. He tried to probate her half to him. Mm -hmm. They caught him. He owed a lot of money. He was a bad guy. He owed millions of dollars. So they filed a lawsuit and forced the sale of his interest in that property. <clears throat> towards the judgment. Problem is, when you notify him of the sale, he might file a complaint or objection. One of, one of the rules in the law, my father, who's an attorney, bless his memory, taught me was, anybody can sue anybody for anything. So even though you could, could call it frivolous, just think of it, you have a buyer ready to move, you're ready to close escrow, and right. boom, they file a lawsuit, the whole thing's gonna fall apart, right? Right. Be a mess. So, to answer your question, do you file it? So we actually timed it uh, strategically. I won't get into the details of it. I worked with the attorney to say, 
here's what we need to do to be strategic about this <clears throat> so that, we're, that we minimize the risk to our client but met his re required legal requirements. That's where you really, that one's a little sticky you need to really, an expert, don't try that on your own. Okay, so I'll talk to you in turn. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Or, or give me a call if I can help, I can at least give you a game plan to talk to the attorney about or okay. refer you to somebody. Yeah. Um, hey Bill, I had a so, question. Sure. Um, I'm coming across probate opportunities where the borrower, the owner passed away, the heirs have not probated the property, and there's a foreclosure sale scheduled, and there's equity. Yep. Yep. In your And in some situations, we had one that went today where the bank would not voluntarily postpone the sale because there, had, there was not a, uh, an administrator yet appointed. They wouldn't take an affidavit of heirship or anything else from the heirs other than letters of administration. Have you seen or do you have experience where you can file a probate, maybe go ex parte and yes. get a judge to issue yes. an order yes. stopping the sale? Yes. Okay. So, Chris, Chris, what's your last name? French. Okay. Oh, Christopher French. Oh, very nice. Can we talk on the phone? So, um, Christopher would normally win the question of the week, but the other one was outstanding. But it's a very good question. What he's asking is, um, Well, uh, let me think here for a second. How do I, how do I put this? Um, yeah, I'm just talking a blank here. Ask your question one more time, Chris. I just lost. I had a train of thought, and I wanted to say something, and I lost it. Can you repeat the question one more time? Sure. If a the borrower has oh, the borrower's yes, passed, yes. the borrower's deceased. I, I got it. There is a info. Yeah. Okay. One of the challenges in probate is. Most commonly, people just don't pass one day, most commonly. Uh, and that's you know, they're, they're declining health over a period of time, and they decline to manage their paperwork and their affairs and things like that. So it's not uncommon that they pass, and they're already three, four, five months late on the mortgage. Not uncommon at all. Um, but even if they pass right away, you know, if it takes a few months to get the probate started and filed and get letters of authority, Technically, nobody is responsible for the property to make the mortgage payment in going to foreclosure. So what Chris is saying, he's seeing regularly cases where there's a property that's owned by, by, was owned by somebody in the state, somebody passed. Nobody has legal authority today to um, protect it. They can't borrow against the estate. They, can't even, they cannot even contact the mortgage lender to negotiate anything. The mortgage company won't even talk to them. So he asked the question, can you file ex parte? Ex parte means one party. Can you file, and it's basically like an emergency order where the judge will see you immediately. Rather than waiting, filing, waiting three days, can you go that day and see the judge or the next day or two days? And will the judge consider stopping the foreclosure? And the answer is yes, if there's a value to the estate. Now, sometimes people try to do that when they're to do a short sale. You've got to document why should the judge get involved in this. His job is to pick the assets of the state for the creditors in the county and the state, and then ultimately the heirs. So if they're getting going to make money in the deal, great. If they're not, if it's just paying commissions to realtors, they're very aware, very sensitive, looking for, am I doing this just to put money in the realtors' pockets because they hate us and investors. Hate investors, hate realtors. So the answer is yes, I've seen it done many times. 
The key to that, and you can get temporary letters. If Sometimes the reason why letters aren't issued, there's two reasons why I find. One is they went to an attorney who doesn't know probate, and he just jerks around the paperwork and makes a mess of it. Big mistake. Go to easy-probate.com. They'll fix it up. The other is there's two people fighting. <clears throat> Neither has been yet awarded because they're arguing over who should get uh, control. They can agree on a temporary minister, one of, one of the other, or a third party, could be an attorney, third party could be a realtor, I've done it, where you'll say, I'm going to sell the property, but all the money goes into the estate. Nobody has any control over the money. You don't have an estate account set up yet, so it has to get held in escrow until such time you can even open a checking account. But in reality, you could sell houses today in 10, 20, 30 days and have that money put together before the court even meets again next time. But the short answer to your question is, because something's in foreclosure, and it looks like it's all over, it's not all over, there is a, a mechanism to get to the court called ex parte. It's like an emergency where you file in a day or two, and the judge will consider granting you temporary letters to sell the house or list the house. Or you have a, maybe you have an offer. I've seen this done. I've done this. We had an offer. And we file an ex parte to accept the the uh, uh, the sell property, the court to confirm the sale on the spot. Now they don't like to without appraisals done by the court called the probate referees inventory and appraisal report. They don't like it without publication of sale. So sometimes you give them the choice: we could accept this offer now and avoid foreclosure, or grant us a temporary authority, and they'll grant you temporary authority. But I've seen that proved many times. Good question. Hey, Bill. Yes. It's Nina. Just to add to that, um, with the ex parte, if it's if it's a foreclosure, usually what the, what I've seen happen is they'll do the ex parte to give the temporary letters to allow the uh, administrator to facilitate the um, inventory of assets, to gather inventory of assets, which include and which includes in that ex parte and that temp oh, there's temporary letters includes allowing them to handle the assets of the estate without the sale of, of real estate, meaning they could then have the right to call the lender and say, hey, this is our situation. Here's right. the proof. Here's the death certificate. We're in probate. We're waiting for the court to give us letters to sell the property. Can we postpone the sale? And then the trustee for the foreclosure would then postpone the sale for anywhere from 90 to 120, whatever the court they're needing based on their letters of issuance date. And it's usually 30 days after the court orders the letters that they actually receive the letters. It's not until they have those letters in hand that they can transact the, the sale. So they're, the, they could go to the lender and say, yeah, we need 120 days. Here's our court you know, case, and here's our dates. And that's a way they can postpone it. Now they haven't sold it yet, but at least they're preventing the foreclosure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and and really, um, you know, it it the judge can just order it and it's done. It's, it's not. It's it. I remember the first time I saw it happen, like my mouth dropped. The judge just said, "Okay, I'm going to issue an order to halt the foreclosure." Wow, he could do that. She could do that. It was like amazing. With just a stroke of their pen, the foreclosure stopped. So it is that simple. You know, it's a good reason not to mess around if you are in an escrow and a probate. I've had buyers play games with the sellers and and back out. And I said, you understand, the seller's already in court. For them to get the judge to issue an order, it's not that big a deal. They can order you to buy the property. They can order you to pay damages. 
you just don't want to play around. Uh, but the, the the judge is the judge is really powerful. I, I, just, I think I'll just leave it at that. Um, okay, Nan says she's gonna use Legal Zoom. It's very easy. Uh, Nan, did you use Legal Zoom for an estate planning specifically? Um, well, for my own, yes. Okay, so I should make sure because I've used Legal Zoom for other things, but never for estate planning. They're great, but I'd never use her estate planning. Good. Um, and then Joanne yeah. says she used, used uh, documentpeople.net. Good. Um, uh, Johnny asks, what kind of ROI do you see on these probate properties? I'd say they're no different than any other property. I, I, they're just a little, it's a different slice of the, of the pie, but it's basically the same thing. I've seen deals were great home run. I bought a property, where are we now? August? Was it this year or last year? I think it was this year. Yeah, it must have been this year. I bought a property in the MLS. It was a condo, easy to comp. The the uh, the listing agent said he couldn't put in the MLS because it was too it was too dirty and too uh, too much junk. I knew I smelled blood when I, when I heard that. I talked to the attorney who said, "Yeah, you can't put in the MLS because it's it's too junky." I said, "Well, that's not true. We had to put in the MLS to get it approved by the court." Uh, so I got that done. But I bought the property. All I did was one eight hundred junk, Molly maids, flipped it. I made fifty thousand dollars. Not counting the commission on the buy, not counting my commission on the sale. So now they're not all like that. Um, they're not all like that. Uh, that was the only one I did this year like that. But it's like anything else in real estate. You know, it depends on what you buy. Multifamily, I think you can buy them at a on average five percent discount to the market price for that product. Five percent, not not twenty percent below. That's the one thing I will say. It's not. You're not going to find properties 20% below cheaper than you otherwise find them. You'll find the same fix and flip. A property that you would buy for 400, spend 60, and sell for 540 or 580, that you would buy for 400, you might find a probate court for 390 or 380. However, that's gotten a little thinner lately because fix and flips are very competitive across the board. Um, you've seen uh, investors double end probate, made $20,000. Investors who want a 10% profit, others want 20% profit. Depends on acquisition, we have the whole cost. Yeah, I, you're exactly right, Nina. It depends on their particular goals. Uh, um, Renee shares her info. Thank you. Um, probably reach out to her. Nancy says, full authority, you can get 6% commission. It's negotiable. Uh, full authority is negotiable with the parties. Limited authority commission is in LA County limited to 5% for, for uh, residential property and 10% for land. Um, I forgot, I bought so many properties I forgot. No, I didn't buy that many, I need to buy more. I need more listings, if you have any property to sell, please. I need more listings, I just put everything into escrow, but one, uh, I need to get more into escrow. Okay, hey, it's a five o'clock hour. Any last questions, burning desires, needs, problems? Let's wrap it up. This is fun today, guys. I really appreciate you guys who participated. Um, Jim, thank you. If you didn't win the cup before, you're the winner this week. Uh, the rest of you, come back next week and come up with a great question, and you might win the Probate Weekly customized with your name on the back, Coffee Cup. Um, we do this every Thursday, 4 p.m. We stream it live on YouTube and Facebook. Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, I do real estate investing, zoom.com for realtors, but also investors, wholesalers, first-time investors on buying property, fixing, and flipping. Annabelle was my guest host last week on uh, multifamily. We'll have another topic uh, this week. I thank you guys so much. Call me, text me, email me if I can help in any way. Have a